What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks Show. Indeed it is, John. Indeed it is. Hello, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kinston, North Carolina. It's Thursday, June the 22nd, the year of the Lord 2023. This is episode 886 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, will be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game. But man, let me tell you something. We have got a jam-packed show for you today. We've got five, count them, five guests today. Three here in the first hour, two in the second hour. That doesn't even count having uh, John and Jonathan on at the end of the second hour, too, for the birthday game. We are just, like I said, just jam-packed. Let's jump into it. In our front, Let me tell you who we got, though. In our first hour here, we're going to be joined just in a few moments by a regular Tuesday first-hour guest. He's the news editor of the Carteret County News Times at CarolinaCoastOnline.com. But he's also our NBA and hoops expert. It's Richard Clark. I know we had him on Tuesday talking about tonight's NBA draft. But, man, we had a blockbuster trade happen last night with one of my teams. So we, we've got to have him on here for uh, It's going to be a, a short time. But uh, what is it I like to say? Uh, not here for a long time, but a good time. And, uh, we're going to have him on to talk about that. I'm telling you NBA draft tonight. There was a big three-way trade last night between my Boston Celtics, uh, the Washington wizards and the Memphis Grizzlies. And, uh, we're going to get a couple of predictions from him about that too, about tonight's draft. So that's our first guest. Our second guest, our regular Thursday guest will join us. He's the voice of the down East wood ducks, the university of Mount Olive, the NCAA division two World Series and kitties all over Eastern North Carolina. Sugar Shane Albee. We're going to be talking about the Woodies clinch in the first half of the Carolina League North title. I want him to judge uh, and give uh, his analysis of Scott Whittington's first pitch on Saturday, this past Saturday, for Linda's birthday party and just a bunch of other stuff. Love, love, love when we have Sugar Shane on. And then in our third, well, our third guest here in our first hour, about 45 minutes or so here into this first hour, we're going to welcome back our old friend Todd Bartley. He is down from Pennsylvania. He's heading up the uh, broadcast portion of this weekend's East Coast Invitational in Jacksonville, in Jacksonville, which begins tonight. I'm actually going to be a part of that effort. The Brian Hanks Show is a sponsor of the East Coast Invitational this year. You're going to be able to watch the Kinston Vikings and a bunch of other great high school programs play beginning today and going through early Sunday afternoon all over Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Commons at uh, Jacksonville High School, at Northside Jacksonville School, too. So uh, just a, a lot of fun, man. We are going to have a lot of fun down there. And like I said, Todd Bartley will be joining us to uh, talk about that, uh, about the broadcast portion. It'll be a second visit. He, he's a uh, old-time now, you kids that are, you know, 19, 20, 21 years old, you don't remember Todd Bartley, but let me tell you, old old school folks like myself and Keith Spence, we know about Todd Bartley. Uh, he used to have uh, Sports Talk Radio in Kenson, in fact, an ESPN affiliate before we got here. Uh, in fact, his, uh, his time and my time overlapped by about a year uh, before he left here, but uh, he was uh, ESPN 1230, I believe, 1250. I don't know. We'll ask him about that too, but... That's our three first-hour guests, crazy. Richard Clark, Shane Albee, Todd Bartley, and then in our second hour, uh, joining us a lot. All those are going to be uh, courtesy of the uh, Spence Automotive Guest Line. And then in our second hour, we're going to have uh, Catherine Pearson back on. Uh, she's going to be joining us live here in our plush, well-lit studio. And she's bringing a first-time guest with her, Prudencio from LCC. Very excited about that. Uh, they're going to preview Fiesta LCC. Now, that was supposed to be this weekend, but had to be moved to September. I guess they're anticipating some pretty bad weather coming in this weekend. And uh, with this being an outside uh, event, they decided to uh, move it to sometime in September. We'll find that out, all those details, when we have them on, though. So, man, how crazy is this? 
Uh, Richard Clark, Shane Albee, Todd Bartley in our first hour, Catherine Pearson, Prudencio in our second hour. So uh, we're going to have, like I said, we're going to have a lot of fun today. Listen, uh, we're really not going to do much of a monologue today since we're going to be pulling uh, Rich up here in just a moment. But I did want to tell you, we've been waiting for it and waiting for it. Uh, a GoFundMe or a fundraiser for Junius, and guess what? It is up live right now. It's not even been up 24 hours, and you guys have raised right at $11,000 already for uh, Junius Smith III and his family. I know uh, I know. having talked to several people, too, uh, I, I don't know. And like I said, I've talked to so many people. I think uh, Matt Beeman and David Moody at Arendel Parent Academy, they're thinking about doing a fundraiser there. I know I talked to somebody down at Jones Senior in Jones County. They're uh, thinking about doing a fundraiser and we're wanting to know what to do. And, again, if I'm forgetting you, I am so sorry because I, there have been like 60 donors. Like I said, $11,000 has been raised here, and it's not even 24 hours into this thing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't know what else to say other than that. I know his family appreciates it. Uh, it's just it's, it's crazy. I knew, I knew that uh, when we got it out there and we were able to, uh, and once they started something, I knew that uh, folks were going to respond to it. I, I didn't doubt that one one iota. I knew that uh, once something was organized and put together, that folks would rally around it, and I'm just blown away. Uh, and I, I, I've got to get your reaction, Rich, just real quick. I know we're, uh, we're having – Bill Simmons can have his emergency pods. By God, we can get emergency visits from Richard Clark when big news happens in the NBA, right? That's right. And we're going to – I just uh, – dude, did you see the GoFundMe that, uh, that Junius's parents have started? And, dude, right before we went on the air, it's up to $10,880, dude. It's not even been 24 hours yet. Almost eleven thousand dollars raised for our good friend Junior Smith. Yeah, that's fantastic. It, it, that's fantastic. Is that not awesome? I mean, dude, just yeah, good it, for the community. It's exactly it was and good for Junius, I guess, but well, good well, for the community. No, 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 no. And you're right, dude. Definitely uh, good for the community. But listen, I, this is one of those times, and you've said it several times here on the show, Rich. I mean, here's a guy that basically almost is volunteering his time. I mean, there are a lot of people that. <laughs> have helped him you've helped him i've helped him through the years i know keith spence has uh but just to see the community rally the way it has i mean dude 24 hours not even to dude this thing started i think around 11 a.m yesterday and so we are 20 hours into it and ten thousand eight hundred eighty dollars dude just kudos to the community right yeah absolutely and godspeed to him to get better because you know oh absolutely dude well, we love Junius. We'll be talking about this throughout the show and obviously for the next few days too. But uh, the reason we have Richard Clark on is, and I begged you to come on this morning, dude, and I, up against everything, and I've got five guests on today's show. So I don't <laughs> have do a But I had, dude, I had to get your – I didn't want to wait. Here's the bad thing. I With you only coming on once a week and us just right in the middle of all the NBA stuff, dude, I didn't want to wait until Tuesday, and that's all in all sincerity. I, there was no way I wanted to wait until Tuesday to get your reaction to uh, the big trade that happened last night, dude. And uh, when I went to bed last night, Rich Clark, Richard Clark, you and I were messaging, and at, at that time, it looked like my boy Malcolm Brogdon was going to be leaving. My Wahoo yeah, Wahboy. Absolutely. What happened overnight, Rich? It just fell through, and I, I am curious to see down the road. They won't do it right away. Why that deal fell through? Who, which team was it that backed out? Um, but this deal here. Wow. You know, you give up. Dude, dude, just go ahead and take it over. Take it over. Tell everybody about this deal that happened. That a lot of people, like me, Richard, went to bed last night not knowing this was going to happen, and it happened overnight. Well, last season's defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart, was traded to Memphis uh, for and some picks back to Boston. And the Wizards were involved. They end up with Tyus Jones. Who, who was the backup point guard in Memphis, um, and and a, deal, a couple picks and some contracts. But the Celtics get Christoph Porzingis, which at this point in his career could be could be big, you know. Uh, it, for the minutes they're going to need him to play, he's probably overqualified. So we'll see how this helps. Losing Marcus Smart, which, you know, they always argued that he was the heart and soul of the Boston team. I don't know if that's true or not, but we're getting ready to find out, I guess. Dude, I again, 
Let me reiterate, reiterate what you just said there, and let me break it down. It's a three-way trade between the Boston Celtics, the Washington Wizards, and the Memphis Grizzlies. Boston gets Porzingis, who was the original unicorn, remember? When he was with the Knicks, right. and everybody talked about, you know, Goodness, he would. I, if I'm if I'm wrong here, dude, tell me I'm wrong. You no, are, you're right. You're actually, absolutely right. But they, he was uh, Giannis before Giannis. He was <laughs> yeah. uh, Jokic before Jokic. I mean, and yeah, I know he's got a, a few years on him, but man, his contract, some injury problems and some injury problems. You're right, but Boston gets uh, Porzingis. They get the number twenty five first round pick, and uh, this year, this year, yeah, and then a twenty twenty four first round pick from Golden State. Uh, Washington Wizards get Tyus Jones from Memphis. They get uh, Gallinari and Mike Mascala. From Boston, from Boston. There you go. A 2023 second-round pick, number 35. Who was that from? That pick was from Memphis. That's what I thought. And then Memphis gets Marcus Smart. And I know, dude, right. it's way too early, but I'm going to do it anyway, dude. Let's grade these out, man. Is there such a thing? You know, we always hear about win-win trades, Rich. Is it possible this could be a win-win-win trade? It's it's absolutely possible because it serves the purpose for everybody involved. Um, now, Boston's obviously this is going to hinge on Porzingis' ability to stay on the floor, and he actually played a fair amount last year, uh, which is unusual for him, as you know. He's had a oh yeah pretty pretty high profile injury problem, but it also got Boston back in the draft, which they had lost all their picks from trades to get Brogdon and to bring some of the other guys in that they brought in over to Horford. So now they got some picks, which are going to be vital as we move into the new collective bargaining agreement next year. It's actually two years, but next summer is when it actually starts hitting. And then the Wizards, they get a quality player in Tyus Jones, former Duke guy, if anybody remembers. And they <laughs> you, mean get, for, you mean for his one was – was he actually there two years, or he was he only there one I'm, year? I want to say he was there two years, but I, I'm not positive. About keep, that. keep going. I'll look it up. Keep going. And and Danilo Gallinari, who is a serviceable bench guy, and Muscala, who's kind of the same, but their contracts are expiring, so that's really why the Wizards got them, so they can have more more cap room next year because they're blowing it up. It's clear at this point. And Memphis gets Marcus Smart, who can start for you alongside Desmond Bain and some of the other guys they already had in place when with John Morant being suspended for a quarter of the season. Wow. Well, I tell you what, man. And again, uh, in the interest of full disclosure, you know, I got up this morning, went to the gym and I, I listened to the entire, can you believe I got the whole, uh, Bill Simmons thing in dude. And, and he was giddy. Uh, you've probably, have yeah. you had a chance to hear him? I mean, he's very excited about it. I'm about halfway through, yeah, probably a quarter of the way through it. But see, you got to remember for them, the biggest problems the Celtics had this year was lack of big men. Horford had to play a ton. And he's, and let's be realistic by basketball standards. He's an old man. And so he had to play a lot. You got to figure that was not going to happen again. And Robert Williams was just not dependable through, through his injuries. Now you kind of roll the dice. You got two guys that are not dependable, but can one of them be there? You know what I mean? So you're yeah. going with this 50 50 split because if they can get, what they got last year, say 75% of what Horford did last year in, in minutes played, and then one of these guys stays healthy, Williams or Porzingis, you, you're in good shape. Plus, Porzingis gives you a whole different amount of flexibility because of his shooting. Well, there you go. Tyus was only at Duke for one year. I thought okay. he was there for two years. I swear I did. But he helped lead him to the national championship in 2015 and ended up being the 24th overall pick in the first round by the Cavaliers that year. So that, that just satisfies because I swear I was with you. I thought he was a two-year player at uh, Duke. But well, make no mistake, Tyus Jones, in all honesty, is on the short list of best bench guards. Um. He's really good. He's just probably not quite good enough to be a starter. I guess we're going to find out because the Wizards are going to need him to play. Um, so we'll see. But as far as your first point guard off the bench, he's at the top of the, you know, there's three or four of those guys in the league, and he's at the top of that. Well, I got to tell you, as a Celtics fan, and, and again, I'm not trying to be callous here. I'm not, you know, I, I guess I was a Wizards fan when John was there, when John Wall was there, but – and I really have – I'm Memphis Grizzlies neutral. But, dude, 
I'm giddy as a Celtics fan. I really am. They're not taking on a crazy salary. What he's in his contract year this year, so they right. could, so if he plays well, then hey, he could be offered something. I mean, and he's not going to be a forty million dollar a year guy. I don't think so. Porzingis has passed that, but dude, I could see Porzingis being that guy that is on the roster for the next. I'm talking about for the Celtics for the next four or five years, and you know, eventually, just uh, you know, his minutes going down each year, but being a valuable, valuable backup, and even a starter at times if he's needed to be, dude. Well, he'll be what, what I for, refer to as a short starter. Okay. You know, the guy that starts, but they, he's the first one subbed out. He'll, he could be that guy. I, I'm curious to see what he does. Um, because the, now the move is, and I think it's what Chris Middleton, who opted out of his contract, uh, did which is perfect 40 segue, mil. Perfect segue. Go into that. Yeah, I, I think that he, they're looking for more years and less money per year just to have the security that they got a longer deal, longer pay, longer window. Yeah. And I'm curious to see if Porzingis does it. Because if you're the Celtics, you kind of need to see this first before you sign him. Um, but if you can get him for a deal, then why not go and do it? Now, Porzingis may opt to say, you know what? I want to test the market because I played this year and it might end up costing the Celtics more money. You know, the, the, the way that Jerry Jones handled Dak Prescott. It's just, you don't really know, but I am curious to see what Porzingis' his people do. Because if I'm him with his, his entry history, I take three quarters of the money per year, but give me an extra year or two on the back end of the contract. Well, that's what I would do, but that's just me. So, may, may I, if I, you, let, let me find a, a verb to describe you this morning, dude. You were flabbergasted. Is that a good way to put it? When you texted me at 528 this morning about Chris Middleton <laughs> declining that $40 million player option. I'm not going to use the words you used in this, but I think flabbergasted is a good way to put it. How shocked were you that he turned that down, dude? I, I'm, I'm big shocked, although <laughs> maybe him and the Milwaukee's management have already talked about this. And, and maybe that's the deal is that they're going to give him two more years for – you know, he, he was due to make 40. So they, they give him 35 for the next three years, maybe. Maybe that's what they're trying to do. I don't know. I'm curious because I would not give him 40 mil if it was me. He's coming off that knee, and he has not been the same since. Now, granted, it's only been a year, but he hasn't been the same player, and he's on the backside of the age that you usually come back from these types of injuries, which is why I was surprised that you – turned down 40 mil but i'm assuming <laughs> he wants those extra two years or three years to stay in the league no again you you're pretty low-key most of the time and you really are rich i mean that, that's what i like about you you're you're one of my buddies that you're never really too high you're never really too low you pretty you stay pretty steady and for you to be that blown away by that just uh again that was your it's 40 response. mil man you well, know what I, I mean know, i know man 40 million a year and, and you're just like you, you know, again, you, you're you one of two ways on this if you're Chris Middleton. Either you're trying to get those extra years and you'll sign for less, which is the smart business move given his injury history, or you have no idea what the real world is. Yeah. <laughs> and you think you're, you know, <laughs> the greatest thing ever. But he doesn't so, come across that way to me, does he? Do you? He He's does a, not. I mean, he does not. Very few people in this alpha male, you know, society you and i are in and i'm, I'm that way no, a lot of ways if he was russell westbrook you would expect it <laughs> yeah you're right but but he is he has been all up front about hey he does not mind being number two to Giannis, and he likes being the robin to Giannis's batman and for him to tell you i'm with you it shocked me real quick we've only got about a minute or so because we got to get a regular thursday guest uh up here on the line i appreciate you coming on for your emergency visit this morning here rich but uh, the draft they tell you people will be out there Saturday morning for a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you're going to be visiting the East Coast Invitational and joining me. Yeah, I'll me, be there at 9 o'clock-ish. Yep, joining me on the air. Uh, uh, we're going to have Todd Bartley on later this hour to talk about the East Coast Invitational. But real quick, the, this is my last question to you. The Brandon Miller versus Scoot Henderson, I don't get it. I don't get why everybody is saying the Hornets are going to take Brandon Miller when they're saying Scoot Henderson – uh, and this is, and yes, I'm stealing this from uh, the Bill Simmons podcast, but he said uh, there are a lot of people out there that are telling him if school, if 
Wimbayana wasn't in the draft this year that he would be – Scoo Henderson should be number one. It was the same way last year. If he stayed in a year and was in the 24 NBA draft, to be Scoo Henderson. Please tell me the Hornets aren't going to be, do Hornets things and pick Brandon Miller when they could pick a generational talent. Doesn't it seem like that's where they're headed? Oh. I mean, that's all you hear. I don't know. I, I'm hoping it's a smokescreen. Um, and to be fair – if Brandon Miller ever hit his potential, you'll get a more unique player, put it that way. Yeah. I just don't know. That seems further stretched for me than somebody as chip on their shouldery, if that's even a word or phrase, that Scoot Henderson is. I mean, Scoot Henderson's been legitimately the best player in his class for four or five years now, yeah. but yet he seems, by all accounts, to want to be the best one which in my book goes a long way. Look, I've said it on your show the other day. Everybody needs that guy that's going to pull the wheelbarrow out to put in front of him when the game's on the line and do the Jimmy Butler stuff or whatever, whoever you want to pick. I just think Scoot's that guy. Now, will his abilities catch up with him? I think so. But, you know, because he's, he's, he really is kind of like John Wall pre-injury coming into the league. So I am curious to see where he ends up with that. Um, is he going to be – is he going to figure out his jump shot? Is, it, is he going to get injuries that kind of wane his physical abilities a little bit? Um, and then that really diminished the player he could potentially be. So we'll see. Um, they're all – but as you notice – well, you haven't well, – we haven't done it yet. I did some redrafts all the way back to 2016. I think I'm up oh, to – we're starting that I, next week, dude. Yes. I think I'm up to 2021. And I'm going to tell you right now, you will be shocked at the misses. Oh, I can't. I mean, there are, they are. You're fifty fifty in the first fifteen or twenty picks. You're fifty fifty. So, you know. But anyway, I know you got to go. Come out and see us at Jacksonville. That's right. Come down to see Richard Clark and I at the East Coast Invitational. We will be at Jacksonville Commons Recreation Center, Court One. Rich and I, uh, I don't know how long you're going to stay on Saturday, but we'll, we're going to be talking NBA draft. We'll wrap probably till noonish or one when I need my nap because <laughs> I'm old. Yeah, I am too, man. <laughs> Richard, thank you for coming on with me here on our emergency visit here with Richard Clark. Thanks for having me. There you go. That's Richard Clark. Uh, hey, let's get our good friend Shane Albee up here on the line with us. But as we do that, let me thank uh, our good friend uh, Keith Spence and Spence Automotive. Listen. This is not an exaggeration. When I get when I go to get my car service, let me tell you where I go. I go to Spence Automotive. Uh, it, you should go there too. Uh, located at 603 Plaza Boulevard in the old Firestone Building, next to the Piggly Wiggly and Big Lots, Spence Automotive is owned by local sports writing legend Keith Spence, and is open Monday through Saturday at 7:30 a.m. Spence Automotive. There you go. Takes care of all your car car care needs and also sells great tires, too. Give Keith a call at Spence Automotive at 252-686-5011 the next time you need your car service when you need new tires. And tell him the Brian Hanks Show and the voice of the University of Mount Olive, the voice of the Down East Wood Ducks. The uh, Let's see, how is it that I also introduced you this morning? Oh, uh, the voice of the NCAA Division II World Series. And the voice of kitties all over Eastern North Carolina, Sugar Shane Albee. You'll send them to the Spence Automotive too, right? Absolutely. And I apologize. That was one of my cats that did the beep beep earlier. And I apologize. <laughs> what well, was a good also, beep beep? Yeah, well, I've been training them. Let me <laughs> let me tell you. You know, of all the things that go on in Granger Stadium, and there's a lot of things people don't realize. There's always that moment where I cross paths with Janelle and. <laughs> We lock eyes, and I look at her, and I say, cat power. And she just nods <laughs> and goes on and goes on into her world. That's, you, all, that's all the interaction we have. That's all we need. I just say, cat power. And she just looks at me and nods. You don't slip her yep. a meow? No, I don't. There's no time for that. She's moving, like, super fast. She's on She's on the move. Well, you talk about a friend of cats everywhere. Her and Lori Cahoon are uh, two of the – I mean, they work – they uh, volunteer daily – daily with uh lucky cats they feed them uh or maybe it's not daily I, I know they do on sunday afternoons they go and feed the cats and they do a bunch of stuff with it but man again you talk about uh someone who loves cats i mean sugar shane albee does but man 
So does uh, Let me tell you, Fitch, right? Let me tell you, what I do is a piece of cake compared to her. Because one day I, I found that out, you know, because literally it's literally like, yeah, I got a bunch of cats and I got to go home and take care of them. She's like, that's nothing. My cats have switchblades. You know what I mean? I mean, They're her cats feral. are in, yeah, her cats are in street gangs, man. I mean, she's got <laughs> she's got it to, and, and at odd hours too. You know what I mean? It's like when you're all like, that's the end of the Woody's game. Time to go home. She's like, I'm not going home. She's like, I'm going out into the streets. I'm going into the the card the cardboard cities. You know what I mean? She's. I wrote like, a story. I don't even know if I told you about this. I wrote a story about it one time. Uh, that's in that 18 months uh, right after we uh, helped start uh, News News. I did a story. I've, uh, I've on a Sunday afternoon. I followed. Uh, Janelle and Lori, and we went to like three or four different locations. Linda took the pictures for it. It was awesome. Uh, and uh, we followed them around, and uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I mean, and they do. They feed dozens of feral cats all over Lenora County, and uh, they've got their little feral cat colonies, you know, kind of like that colony you've got at your house. They're, but but yours aren't feral, though. Yeah, see, I'm lucky. I'm all like, you know, I'm, you know. <laughs> You know, I'm all like, oh, yeah, well, I got a shortstop. She's like, that's cute. <laughs> She's like, I got four cats to jump in this afternoon. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> four cats got to get jumped into the gang this afternoon. And, yeah, I mean, my, 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 my cats come in, like, two patterns. You know what I mean? Whereas, though, you ever seen a feral cat group, man, those, you're all like, what color is that? You know, is that a, is that a quilt with legs? There I mean, you no, go. it's amazing. Well, on top of it, too. They, uh, no, on top of it, too, what's, what's funny about it is, you know, we visit a couple of those colonies, and you'll love it. You've seen West Side Story before, right? You know, when the oh, yeah, when, they're snapping, when they're snapping their fingers and coming towards there you. Know, that's what yep. these kitties were doing. They were walking on their back legs and snapping their yep. claws, you know, and you, I went, oh, man, we got to get out of here. Oh, let me tell you, I, I, <laughs> I, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's amazing, you know, pro, you know. Puss in Boots probably came from that. Guy was probably like, where am I going to get my next movie at? And it's like, wait a minute, that cat really does have a sword and, and boots. So I'm going to – but they're tough. They're the toughest animals on the planet now. I'm telling you right now. Woo! They really so, are. Listen, Shane Albee joining us and uh, a lot to talk to him about, but I wanted to start with – I got to tell you, man, the hated Carolina Mudcats did it to us again. We were at the game Saturday, okay? We're very excited. I mean, And we're going to get to that in a little bit because – I want to get your analysis of uh, Smiling Scott's uh, first pitch, you know, to celebrate uh, Linda's birthday. But we, like I said, we're, let's, let's put that on the back burner for a second. But, man, the, care, the hated Carolina Mudcats did it to us again. I wanted to be able to hear your call yeah, Saturday night as we clinched uh, the first half championship or the first half title for uh, the Carolina League North. So our game ends, I mean, man, a spectacular 16-6 to game. Dude, we could actually hear you uh, in the uh, – not great, but we could hear you better than we did last time in the uh, pavilion over at the Mother Earth Pavilion. Uh, you were awesome all game long, dude. You snuck a little U two there in at the very end of the game. I appreciate what? that. that <laughs> I cannot confirm nor I cannot confirm nor deny that. <laughs> and uh, anyway, just a good time, man. Had a great time. But then you didn't get to make the announcement Saturday because they didn't find out until about what forty five minutes or so after our game ended when the hated Mudcats lost at Augusta, clinching the first half title. <sighs> Did you feel a little bit cheated by that? Because I really was. That's why we waited around, man. We were hoping to be able to hear you do the like what we talked about last week here on your appearance. That you, I think you had something ready, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I, it was because we were tracking the game up in the box too, and it, it literally looked like the Mudcats were going to win that game. Um, and it felt kind of weird to come home, sit down in my recliner, pop open a cold beverage, and look down at my phone and go, "Oh, I'll be damned." Yeah. <laughs> Well, how, how did you address uh, it Sunday? I wasn't able to go to the Sunday, or did you say anything about it Sunday? How did we uh, How did we recognize it uh, during Sunday's game? I did when I read the starting lineups. I said, okay. now, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to meet the starting lineup for your first half champion? You know, nice. like, okay. I did do it. And when I did, there was a cheer in the crowd when I did it. And I looked down. Even dude was like, when I did it, he, like, raised his webbed hand, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Up in the air. Well, dude, it that felt was... good to have dude back after a couple of days of his new nickname, Kinston's Bad Boy, Cornbread. 
Dude, that is so awesome, man. But I, again, thank you. You were so gracious. You were so awesome with, uh, your reads and honoring Linda. I know she was very, uh, honored, but, but, but forget all that for a moment. It's time for the sugar Shane Albee analysis of the South Paul, Scott Whittington, smiling, Scott Whittington, throwing out a sweet pea, the son of Kinston, I had to, all his other I'm nicknames. Glad you did that. Thank you for writing that up. Oh, it made it right. so easy. It was fun. Let me tell you, the, yeah, the read in the in the script didn't go like that. It was probably about a tenth of that. <laughs> it was, you know, it was. It probably went a little something like this: throwing out the first pitch of Scott Whittington. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did know you, we noted that uh linda is uh the the mother of the year i believe in uh, eastern north carolina too you know she should be she absolutely should be but but now it's time i wish i had a drum roll give us your sugar shane albie analysis of south paul smiling scott throwing out his first pitch uh in honor of his mom on saturday he owned it like captain hook um well, Scott, have you noticed I played the Pirates of the, I played the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, theme song right out of, uh, in fact, it was the, um, you know, so it comes, you know, like Jack Casper, you know, Jack Sparrow. You know, I played that dun, 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 dun. And I don't know if you noticed this, and I think you guys right after the first pitch, you guys were like, all right, that went well. Let's go back to the pavilion. Because I had actually had some uh, pirate sound effects. And so thinking that you guys were in the crowd, and I don't know, we were on the second or first, second or third inning, I'm not sure, something happened, and I said, it's time to go Scott Whittington. And, <laughs> and, and I had about, I found this, uh, there was probably about nine, it just started going, harg, walk the plank, you know, just, uh, they, were just they were just pirate um, phrases. Um, but I have them, so I've, that was my Scott Whittington sound effects. But, yeah, I wanted to give him the juice, you know, with the um, – Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, did you, know, you being that he's well, you Mr. see Pirate a lot. Now. Yeah, you see so many first pitches. You got to give my boy some love. I mean, it was a strike. It was great a little throw. Boy. great, great throw. I'm telling you, and even I almost looked like the catcher was like, "Ooh, very nice." You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I saw the side view that you took. It was a very great. It was a great one of the best first pitches we we've, we've ever had. I mean, it wow. was. You could tell. I mean, he might have been practicing. You know, and you're all like. Yeah, I mean, late at night when you're like, hey, baby, it's just me and you now. And you're, Linda's like, what's that noise? And he's outside throwing a, throwing a ball against the HVAC unit. You know, bink. You know, <laughs> Wait a minute, what, what does it sound like? Bink. <laughs> no, he's I got to like, tell sorry. you, we did. We got there a little bit early because of Linda's birthday party. So uh, we were, you know, right. You can see the uh, visitor's uh, bullpen. I mean, just great from the pavilion. So. Scott and I went out. Now he didn't want to get up on the mound in the uh, in the bullpen, which I can appreciate that. But I mean, it was three thirty; the players weren't even out there yet. So uh, Scott and I, we but we were like standing parallel to it. Here's the thing that got me, Shane, that I just that I didn't really think about, and I've really never noticed, dude. Sixty feet six inches—that's a pretty doggone long distance, dude. A long way, buddy. I'm telling you, especially when you're, uh, as they say today, is you're in the adult world now. And you get back out there, it's like, whoa. I, dude, if you remember last year, you know, uh, Clemens graciously, and, you know, we've talked about this several times. I'd never in my, at that time, 53 years of life, ever thrown out a ceremony or honorable or honorary first pitch. That's the first time I did it last year. And I did it in front of the mound. So take off another, what, eight feet or whatever, five, eight, ten feet, whatever. And I didn't even get it to the mound from 55 feet, dude, let alone, or from 50, 55 feet, let alone 60 feet. And doggone, man, our, our boy Scott, he looked good, man. And did yeah, you what notice that? Had a little, what, what you he had a little yeah, movement was, on it. Yes, he did. Yeah, I was going to say, was that more like the, uh, you know, the, the Whittington special? Was that the, the slur <laughs> you know, or the slider? What was that? Or the or is the, the new modern pitch, the new, the trending pitch now, was that uh, the sweeper? I think if you want to combine Scott and Curve together, it was a scurvy pitch. How about that? Arrgh, scurvy. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the kind of pitch that as soon as he threw it, your wife handed him a bottle of rum and he just took a swig <laughs> off it. And wiped his mouth with the back of his hand and readjusted his pirate hat and, and went Absol uh, marauding. Uh, oh, absolutely. And with a very slimy hand from the rum and his saliva <laughs> shook hands with the catcher and, and, uh, and cornbread. Cause I think cornbread was into that, you know, cornbread, 
you know. Dude, you're the best. He, like, he, he likes a good hit of rum, you know. <laughs> yes, he does. Shane Albee joining us. We're here for a good time, not a long time today. Uh, we're catching up with stuff. Now I'm gonna tell you about what happened. I'm gonna tell you what happened this week. We're in Wayne County, American Legion. The other night we had Leo behind the plate. Dude, I, I'm interrupting you because guess who texted me what uh, ten minutes ago and said the voice. This is Leo texted me and said the voice of Wayne County Post 13. You. Well, eleven. Close enough. Post eleven, but yeah, oh, he, post he, eleven. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, you know, it always amazes me too. I, I was the. Um, God bless. Well, he was. He, we had a game last night. He got home to eleven thirty. He went eleven innings last night. Hey, hey, Leo, be glad you weren't involved in that one last night. Um, Wayne County played Lewisburg, and really, what was crazy? I thought I was going to have the night off, you know, because they were supposed to the night before. Wayne County played Durham at home and beat them twelve two. Run ruled them. I mean, it was a very quick game, and so I was thinking, oh, my next game's not till Tuesday the twenty seventh when Wayne County plays Wilson. I'm walking in a. Uh, a, gr- a certain grocery store yesterday, uh, get ready to pick up a, you know, certain package of beverages. When I look down at my phone and I see, Hey, we're playing Lewisburg at home tonight. What? So, and then right about that time, I'm out to text Adam Pate, like, are we playing tonight? And he messaged me like, Hey man, scheduling has been crazy. So they were supposed to play at Durham last night. They end up hosting Lewisburg last night and Wayne County's lead. They have Mount Olive pitcher Carter, Gibson, part of Gibson Incorporated on the bump last night. He is flawless. And for whatever reason, in true non-pitch uh, clock game fashion, man, Wayne County has a bad inning, falls apart. Lewisburg ties it. It was 3-0. Lewisburg ties it at 3. We go into extras, which in this case is inning number 8. Well, they take a 5. Wayne County goes to the bullpen, not effective. They take a Lewisburg takes a 5-3 lead and you can hear him in the dugout like woo you know they, they were they're going they were going to steal him one hey, wait a minute right? wait a minute wait a minute how they sound again woo <laughs> that's like hey that is uh, that actually that was not me i had it ready i was uh, audio from scott whittington in a college hat factory i love it like that's what that's what scott says when they're like hey scott pick out any five caps you want <laughs> Um, and he says, make it 25 caps and you've got a deal. Um, but no, um, so Wayne County comes back and ties it at five, right? Um, and it was just one of those games where it's like, all right, they tied it at five. We're going home. They got the winning run at third with one out. Well, what do you think happens? You know, so then oh, yeah. they, then Lewisburg jumps ahead and takes a seven to five lead. And, you know, of course I'm in true. All right, fans, you know, it's already like nine 30 at night. All right, fans, it's rally time, blah, blah, blah. And well, guess what? Wayne County ties it at seven. Meanwhile, the old scoreboard, which was probably put in, in the nineties, you know, some rocket scientist was like, yeah, they'll never go into the 10th inning. So the scoreboard only goes to nine innings. So they're having to put it back on zero. Well, guess what? Wayne County walks it off in the bottom of the 11th. You know, eight to seven, and I come on and I say this should be a Netflix series. Previously, <laughs> on the never-ending baseball game, but it was crazy. Everything that could possibly happen to keep the game going did. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's that was tough. But yeah, Leo was doing the game the other night against. Uh, we played Durham, and on his way out, he stopped the car and hollered at me. And uh, a flawless game behind the plate. I'm telling you, I was telling. You don't ever hear somebody stopping. Now, I'll tell you what, that home plate umpire last night got yelled at. Um, but it wasn't Leo. <laughs> it wasn't Leo at all. Now, Leo, he, he, about, he about could make his own association there, uh, Brian. That's your Tommy Maddox impression, right? It is. That's my guy right there, Tommy Maddox. You can't sneak up on his house. He'll pop up out of a manhole cover, <laughs> like um, like Mr. D, like like uh, Mr. D, the 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 uh, butler and Mr. D is like, you cannot sneak up on my home. Yep. Yeah, Tommy's the man. Absolutely, man. So uh, Wayne County, uh, the Down East Wood Ducks. Let's let's circle back to them for a moment. Uh, again, just a really. Just came out of nowhere over the last what three four weeks of the season. They'd been trailing by a game or two for a while. Yeah, they win twelve out of fourteen games, and I mean, and take control. And now, first half champs, dude. 
No, yeah, and despite the fact that they really had a messy series against the the Cannonballers, and everybody's like, people messaged me who did not go to the game at all were like, what happened against them? And I was like, Cannonballers play an absolute sloppy brand of baseball and a very slow brand of baseball. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a half-court offense can shut down the running gun in basketball. Um, that happens in baseball. You know, it's just unreal. You know, just how the Cannonballers just – I mean, we were just glad to see them go. You know what I mean? But uh, and then, of course, man, Yosie Galan just got called up to the crawdads, man. Yeah. You see that? I did. I, see I think that. along yep. with Jose Jose Corniel, and of course, you know, Mister Clemens is like, "That's great." You know, go ahead and take our. That's what happened last year. People's like, "What happened to the Wood Ducks?" Well, we do work in a, you know, a baseball world where, you know, if you got some good guys, um, they're going to take them. You know what I mean? That'll hurt you. So Yosie, my goodness, you know, in that in that Osco cleanup spot has been a ama- you know, been solid. So hopefully we we can keep it going. Well, and, we gotta- and you make a very good point there too, Shane, and something that longtime minor league baseball fans in Kinston have been used to is that's happened a lot. I mean, uh, back in the Indians days, I remember four or five years, dude, when they would win the first half. And, and you know this, too, as long as you've been around professional baseball, dude. The roster you have on opening day is nowhere near what it's going to be on the last day of the regular no. season. And we just no. had a really good team here in the first half. And, and I, you know this better than I do, though, dude. There, Yosie Galan is just the first. I mean, there's probably going to be three or four. I keep waiting for Cam Colley. No, I figure Cam Colley is going to get pulled up. Yeah, it, I'm exactly. really surprised. And that's any day, that's any moment, I think. So you win a first half with one team, and then by the time you make it to the playoffs, that team in the same season, it's a shell of itself, isn't it? No doubt. We've got some really good arms this year, too, though. I mean, you got some guys that can shove it. You know what I mean? They got some guys, that, and I'm telling you what, I don't know, the Rodriguez brothers, when they come in, um, like Adrian Rodriguez, I mean, they got some guys that are just lights out out of the pen. That's really helped out. But yeah, this is a really good Wood Ducks team. Really good, but you're right. It's only a matter of time before they they pull guys up. I always joke around about you know, there's been a couple of times where like the, the like the Venezuelan players and the Latin players they're not phased by lightning. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, you know, whereas if it's within five miles, you know the uh, the umpires are like get out the field. You know, whereas I always I always say like if there's storms close, I always say Yosi Galan. He likes to play in the lightning. You know. <laughs> And he hits a ball like lightning too, man. A couple of his home runs get out. I mean, he's hit a couple of home runs this year. The outfielders don't even move. You know, you gotta love that too, especially when you're on the mic like you are. That when because you're watching the plays because you want to get your home run music ready. You want to get your home right. run. You want to get your home run call ready. And when you see the outfielder just stay planted and you know just kind of look that over helps. his head as that the ball goes out, yeah. I'm going to tell you, it's very, you know this, it's very difficult as a play-by-play or a public address announcer to announce a home run. And you get fooled sometimes. Oh, and yeah. It was this way in Fleming Stadium because of the signage that's in the outfield. You literally have two layers of signs that despite the logos of these companies are predominantly white. And when a ball goes out, literally it's like, and everybody, everybody's like, oh, and I and literally... I'm I'm literally in the box going. Is it gone? Is it gone? Is it out? Is it out? Is it gone? Because I because I don't want to hit that home run. So, and that's happened to cut once or twice. It's going to happen where I'm like, gone like a freight train. It's like off the wall and left. You know, like it bangs off the wall and bangs back in. You're like, oop. I hope no one noticed that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Very hard. Very hard to. Um, decipher whether a ball has truly gone out so when it's hit hard and up like it has a trajectory that's like more up than straight and the outfielders don't move i'm able to hit that home run song if i'm lucky before they hit first base you know but every now and then i don't get it until they get to almost second base because i don't know if it's truly out dude nobody does it better man and again i this is one of the things i've just never ever really been able to do because even when even when the Indians were here, I did. I was a backup PA and was a PA guy for a year. And 
Uh, if I very rarely went to games of, as fan, as a fan, dude, I mean, I, you know, I would go either as a reporter, you can't really cheer then. And that's what has been just so refreshing this year, being able to hear yeah. you on the mic, being able to cheer, be, <clears throat> being able to have a beverage or two at a game, you know, I mean, dude, Hey, Oh, indeed, dude. I mean, it is, it's a lot of fun and dude, nobody right. is better than you, man. I got to tell you, I, we got to go, but I got to give you love one more time. I know Linda really appreciated it. Uh, just the kind things you said about her on the mic and, uh, and, and smiling Scott too, uh, smiling dude. Scott, <laughs> dude, you're the best dude. Thank you so much. You know, man, you're okay? lucky. You got a great, you, you're, uh, you're about to marry into a great family. <laughs> yes. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> you know something Hell. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, there you go. Wait a minute. She's not going to propose, is she? I don't know, but, um, you know, I did my first <laughs> wedding proposal a few weeks ago. What? At Granger State. Yes, I did. Maddie comes to me like right at the last minute. Hey, we got a marriage proposal. <laughs> what? I was like, please, tell, no, she, please tell me she was a little excited about it, though. Oh, are you kidding? She's uh, she's like, look, if you're gonna, if Scott, if Smiling Scott's looking to put together a pirate crew to go scallywagging, scallywagging. I'm telling you, you need, he needs, uh, he he needs Maddie on the crew, man. Because if there's somebody uh, that would be like, uh, like steady, steady under fire as the as the U.S. Navy was unloading cannon fire, Maddie would be right there, like, keep going. <laughs> yeah dude sugar shane albie wayne post 11 the ncaa division two world series the university of mount olive but most important in my heart and the hearts of the people here in lenore county the voice of the down east wood ducks. can you walk me out with a little with a little cat scratch can you walk me oh, out oh let me find it let me find it i know i've got it here somewhere da, 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 da. we also gotta pick a we also gotta pick a cat walk out for janelle too <laughs> First hour walk-ups. Oh, here we go. How about this? Here we go, baby. Enjoy. Enjoy, everyone. Enjoy. Yeah. There you go. Thank you, Sugar Shane. Oh, yeah. I love talking <laughs> with Brian Hank this time of year. <laughs> there you go. Sugar Shane Alby from uh, all those great places with Cat Scratch Fever. Hey, let's get Todd Bartley up here on the line with us. But as we do that, let us thank... Uh, let me see if I get my script right here. Man, I love when he throws me a curveball like that. That was awesome. Hey, thank you to Lenore Community College for 65 years. LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kenston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kenston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you can change your life today. And thank you so much to Richie Honeycutt, all the folks over at Lenore Community College, for being the title sponsor of the award-winning Brian Hanks Show. You do know that, right, Todd Barley? Uh, the, the Brian Hanks Show is now an award-winning show. I, I did see that, and I wanted to uh, to wish you congratulations. I, I wanted to tell you that uh, that there was never a doubt about that because within the seven degrees of separation of Brian Hanks and Todd Bartley, uh, many friends of ours, you are now joining an exclusive club of friends of mine, not named me, <laughs> that have won um, Entrepreneur of the Year, Small Business of the Year awards this year. So it's a, it's a very good year to be within that seven degrees of separation, man. So congratulations. Well, I'd like to think there's only one degree of separation between you and I, Todd. And in fact, what, when I first got to Kinston in uh, October of 2002, you had me on your show. You had a great program. You had a great ESPN. Was it 1230 or 12:50? But That's the one that I was confused about earlier in the show. Both. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. It was both that. Well, then good. I got it. I covered eventually both of them. it became both. It was originally 1230 in Kinston. And then we ended up with 1250 in, uh, in Greenville, which the guys are doing great with pirate radio and, uh, on 1250 and 930. And, uh, yes, to your point, it was nine thirty. It was 1230 back in the day. And then it became 1250 in, uh, in Greenville too. Well, well good. Well then I, I covered both my bases there then, but, but yes, my very did. first sports talk appearance, sports talk show appearance I ever did was when, uh, you ran the station here in Kenston, right there on uh, the 70, 70 uh, bypass. And I remember going down there and you giving me the tour and we had a lot of fun on that show, dude. Yes, we did. Yeah. Well, guess what? We're going to have a lot of fun here starting today through Sunday down in Jacksonville. It's uh time. What is this? The 22nd, 
23rd edition of uh, the East Coast Invitational, Wells Gulledge's East Coast Invitational, Jacksonville Commons at Jacksonville High School at Northside Jacksonville. And again, the great Todd Bartley is a part of it as he is uh, heading up the broadcast portion of it. You've got some yahoos like myself that are going to be calling some games for you, dude. But uh, just tell us a little bit about this. You know what? For, for starters, how did you get involved with this? Because I know you and Wells have stayed close through the years after you left Kinston and Lenora County. But uh, how did you get back involved with him and the East Coast Invitational, dude? So for years, as you know, um, I caught the pro baseball bug of, of calling games in Kinston with, with Robert Portnoy in, in the late 90s, early 2000s, and filled in for him. Um, and then when we moved to Pennsylvania, um, one of the guys that actually joined us um, in, the, in the late days of, of the ESPN group caught the, the minor league baseball bug, and he had become the, the play-by-play voice for the Winsport Crosscutters and then ended up taking another job in pro baseball. And they were like, hey, we need somebody. <laughs> kind of last minute. Um, it was never a job that I sought out. I ended up doing it for more than 10 years. So my summers were booked, right? And then we had always stayed in contact. And then after the floods, you know, came through those, those two and three years uh, in Eastern North Carolina, and we did what we did. Um, to help you guys out, we'd do it in a blink again if, if anything ever happened. Um, he said, well, you ever thought about coming down to the East Coast? And I'm like, what? He's like, well, we started this camp like right around the time um, that you guys left, and here's what it is. And I looked it up and started doing some homework. One thing leads to another, and here we are, and we were just talking about it last night. This is like the fifth year that I've been wow. with this, and it went by in a blink, right? And I, and I have the four shirts to prove that this is now year number five. <laughs> Uh, got the the fifth shirt last night, and it's one of these deals where it goes by in a in a blank, Brian. I mean, it it just does, it, you know. And we close the year because as you do games, I do games. This closes my year, right? And or restarts it for the next year. Um, and it's just a really really cool experience. We're now going to a third gym, right? We have the Commons One, Commons Two. Um, we're adding Jacksonville High School this year in anticipation of going to the five gyms next year with something we'll talk about here in just a little bit with something really, really special. But we're going three deep this year. Wow. So we're not going to be, so we're not gonna be at Northside this year then? Correct. It'll be at Jacksonville High School and then the two gyms in the comp. Okay. okay. And then next year we'll roll out um, Northside High School and Jacksonville Commons Middle School. Okay. Well, very cool, man. And for people who – and listen – We've been doing this since I got here. Like I said, I got here in October 2002, met you then. Uh, and But every summer since I have been here, Wells Gulledge has had the uh, the East Coast Invitational. He'll be on the program tomorrow morning. We're going to be talking about uh, whatever edition this is. And I think it might be. I think 2000 was the first year. So this is either the 23rd or 24th edition. But anyway, that yeah, doesn't so matter. It's, it's the established 2001. So okay. this you're, you're, you're right on with either 22nd or, or 23rd third edition of, of what this is going to look like hey, you so. can tell you can tell that for todd bartley and myself math is neither one of our strong suits is it well and you have the covid <laughs> year in there too where they took it off so it's, that's you know. true that's true i'd forgotten about that but uh how many i mean dude this is a labor of love for you man i mean you come down and you do this i mean you take time out of your crazy schedule up in pennsylvania to come back down to eastern north carolina and do this why do you do it dude i mean again I know, I know where your heart is, but I mean, this means a lot to you to come back down here and do it, doesn't it? It, it does. Um, and and last year, not that this year is not really, really special because it, every year is. Um, last year was so super cool, as you know, um, with the college baseball team that I cover yep. um, in Coppin State. They ended up in the East Carolina Regional, so it was like almost back-to-back um, coming down in May and June, and it was like old home week, right? And, and, it, and it is. Um, some of the conversations that I've, that, that I've been having, I, I came in, you know, a couple of days early, just seeing friends of, of 20 plus years and putting conversations together again. It, it's like we didn't miss a beat over, over 20 years. And, and for me and, and for my wife, we, we welcomed, um, you know, our oldest to the world in Eastern North Carolina, our youngest just graduated high school this past weekend. She's going to pursue, um, a degree at University of North Carolina at Wilmington. So you even can't get rid of me there, man. I'm going further <laughs> down east for the next four years. We'll, you know, we'll move her in, um, in August. She's currently out of the country. Um, 
on a senior trip that she had postponed because of COVID. But to your point, Brian, this, my heart has always been in Eastern North Carolina. I fell in love with the place, as you know, um, late 90s, early 2000s. And for me, this is home. And, wow. and it always will be. Um, the folks here have been phenomenal to me and my family for more than 20 years. And I do consider it home. Well, and like I said last year, and if people missed last year's, because uh, you jumped on here on the show with us last year to talk about, uh, you know, Eastern North Carolina. And the, the thing that I can never thank you enough, and I know the the folks over in Jones County, the folks here in Lenora County, with my role as being the public information officer for Lenora County, I saw firsthand what you did for the folks here uh, after one of our hurricanes. I'm sorry. They all run together, Todd, and I, I can't remember exactly <laughs> which one it was, but you at two different times have brought tractor-trailer full of uh supplies here for folks in eastern north carolina you did it in jones county you did it here in lenora county and dude uh, who does that i mean again you no one twisted your arm and said todd bartley you need to do this you of your own volition put together donations from folks up in pennsylvania and brought them down here to us and dude kept people going and kept people's spirits up at a very very low point in their time and in their lives and dude, I, there there will never be enough thank yous from me and from uh, from fo- Roger Dale, from uh, Michael James, from folks in our neck of the woods, the, all the Jones County people too, man. Uh, dude, I, I'll thank you for that for the rest of my life, dude. Man, I, I appreciate you. There, there's a funny there's a funny side story to that. Um, when the first of the two that came back to back um, came through, uh, I actually got on the horn with. Um, the chief of staff for my congressman in, in central Pennsylvania at the time. And I said, y'all have access to C-130s because we need to move this, 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 and this um, to get into um, into theater, if you will, right, um, to help them. This is what they need. I, I just talked to the PIO, which is you, right? And this is what they're in desperate need of. So if we can get some C-130s, we'll land them over here. We'll put the stuff on the thing. And the guy goes, what are you talking about? I go, Turn on the news, any channel you want, turn it on. The, the water is roof level, okay? And this is a, an instant situation. You need to get it in there. Here's where you're going to land. And, and the guy goes, give me a minute. He never called me back, right? Well, there's, you'll be able to read about the former congressman <laughs> here in the next couple of weeks, months, whatever, about some issues he's got going on in his life. And I just thought of that story a minute ago and thinking, you know, it's interesting to see how people respond in a moment of crisis. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And I said, well, doggone it. If he ain't going to call me, we're going to do it ourselves. And here's these tractor trailers and the rest as they say is history. And dude, like I said, just people appreciate it. And listen, we're up against the top of the hour, but I wanted to talk about the East coast invitational and just where people can watch this because uh, I'm going to be on the air for you. Uh, I know you've got a couple of other voices that are going to be doing it too. Uh, just tell folks if they're not now, they should go to the East Coast Invitational. They really should get down there. And I mean, it's just it's you if you're a prep basketball junkie, this weekend is for you down in Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Commons Recreation Center at Jacksonville High School. But dude, I'm telling you, man, uh, if you want to watch it from the comfort of your own home or the comfort of your own device, how can they do that, Todd? Go to ECITeamCamp.com, wait till about 2 o'clock this afternoon <laughs> to, start, to start bookmarking the, the different gyms and the different channels that we set up. And you can watch every game from Commons 1, Commons 2, and Jacksonville High School that will be played um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then we move everything into the Commons on Sunday for the, the quarterfinal, semifinal, final well, in the four brackets. I got to tell you, man, I'm pumped. You've got me, and I just off the top of my head, I know I'm doing all the Jacksonville Commons games today, so I'm pretty excited about that, uh, or Jacksonville Commons Court 1. So Apex Friendship versus Wilmington Ashley at uh, 3 p.m., 4 o'clock. Carolina International versus Fayetteville Westover, 5 o'clock. Richmond County versus Southeast Raleigh. Man, these are some good teams. 6 o'clock, Apex Friendship taking on East Duplin. 7 o'clock. Kinston High School taking on Harold's Christian Academy. 8 o'clock, Winterville South Central against Wilmington, New Hanover, and then the nightcap, Pine Forest versus New Bern. Dude, all these teams that I'm saying, they're they're all in the top 10 of their respective uh, classifications. I mean, 
Seriously, I mean, dude, Kinston is going to be one of the favorites in 2A next year. Richmond County's bringing a lot of pl- uh, great uh, players back. South Central, who won a state championship, what, three years ago or whatever. Man, Newburn, who's going to be really good this year. We're just we're blessed at the teams that uh, Wells Gullage brings to the East Coast Invitational, aren't we? Well, and this is also, it, it ties right back to us getting together in January for the Brandon Ingram um, yep. MLK event yep, yep. too. I mean, it's this is just awesome. It is. Listen, Todd, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and I uh, can't wait to see you. Might try to slip you in tomorrow morning too. I know I've got Paul Whittington in my first hour. I'm having Wells on the show too. Going to try to get Perry in there. Might get you on. Can, can I have you for about 10 or 15 minutes just to kind of recap uh, the first day of the ECI? I am at your disposal, my brother. I'm at your disposal. And and by the way, whenever you have Perry on, he, he needs intro music because he is America's <laughs> favorite dancing coach. <laughs> You're not wrong about that for sure. Listen, uh, Todd Bartley, can't wait to work alongside you again. It is my honor. And I, I have to say, you said you got the T-shirt. Did you see it? Does it have a sweet Brian Hanks show logo on the back I'm, of it? I'm going to let you I'm gonna let you see what's <laughs> what when you get here this afternoon. That's what I told Wells. I was like, you know what? I want to be a sponsor. And, you know, we're, we're, we don't need to go into details, but I'm a sponsor. I'm helping out. But, uh, dude, I just, I want, I love those sweet t-shirts he gets every year. And I wanted the Brian Hanks show logo on the back of it. Well, does, I mean, does it have award winning now? I mean, do they have to change the logo that says award winning? You know what? We may, Todd, see, that's why you're such a good marketer that you are. I, uh, we, we, (laughs) I think that's what we're going to need to do. See, and then, and then when you win another award, it will be the multi award winning Brian Hanks show. That, dude, I, I can't wait, man. Listen, Todd, again, this is the highlight of my summer is getting to come and hang out with you down in Jacksonville. We're going to eat some Chick-fil-A. We're going to call some ba- uh, basketball games. I'm going to have some lemon juice for my throat or whatever. What what do I need to, to, to help my throat? Cough drops. Cough drops. Plenty fluids go. and cough drops. <laughs> I definitely will. Todd, you're the man. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you. We'll see you later on today. We'll talk to you again tomorrow here on the Brian Hank Show. Thank you, brother. See you later. Okay. That is Todd Bartley. Uh, as we are wrapping up the first hour of today's show, Catherine Pearson, can you believe we had three guests on here in our first hour? Good gravy. I, I don't know what the heck I was thinking, but listen, I want to thank again <laughs> Richard Clark, uh, Shane Alby, Todd Bartley. As we get ready to start the second hour of today's show, we've got Prudencio. Hey there. Very excited about that. And our good friend Catherine Pearson. On the second hour of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College.